Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. Well, as a kid, I was not the best kid in the world. <laughs> and I was in trouble and drank too much. And I worked in Vegas for a while. And I was a bartender for uh, eight years. I worked in a strip joint for four years. I worked in a gay joint for a year. I worked in places on the beach. I worked in New York. But I always said to myself, there's a better life out there. Bartender was good. And it was very helpful to me and my being a judge because I knew problems that people had. But I always had a goal in life to do something better, not necessarily judge. That all came by accident. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hi, Kelly. It's great to see you today. Great to see you. And we have got a road trip special. Even though Maria was not at this exact interview, she has listened to the entire interview. Yeah. And I wish I could have been there. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> and we are going to introduce this guest and then we are going to give you the takeaway. So today, this is an interview with a man whose life reads like a best selling novel. Our guest served as a judge for over 50 years, which is the longest running judgeship in Florida history. And he presided mostly over criminal cases, which is like, can he tell some stories? I'll bet. He was also really instrumental in starting U.S. Master Swimming. We're going to hear a little bit about that. He's credited with overcoming the real early resistance to master swimming within the general swimming community. He also has a swim meet named after him, and it's been running for 51 consecutive years. He has swum in every one of those meets. It's the longest in U.S. Masters history. And of course, we are talking about none other than swimmer and internationally loved 91-year-old Robert, known as Bob Beach. Maria, can you tell us more about Bob? Sure, Kelly. During his high-impact leadership career, Bob became an accomplished swimmer having earned multiple U.S. Masters All-American honors, set national and world records in master swimming, and he's been selected as a USMS long-distance all-star over 10 times. In 1974, Bob was the first judge to swim from Alcatraz Island, appropriately, across San Francisco Bay, completing <laughs> the swim in 33 minutes. He also attempted to swim the English Channel on his 50th birthday, but had unfavorable currents causing him to stop. Bob's visited 140 countries, currently drives a red Porsche convertible, tells you something about him, and he has some interesting rules that he lives by. We can't wait for you to hear this interview. So yes. So stick around because after this interview, we are going to give you our takeaways and now the inspiring Bob Beach. And now it's time for the road trip segment. Many people at the meet I am at ask that I interview Bob for Champions Mojo. So Bob is here with me. Bob, welcome to Champions Mojo. Thank you very much. It's a real pleasure being here and talking to you. Well, wonderful. So Bob is 91 years young. And Bob, why don't you give us a little history on, you are a member of the St. Pete Masters, but I understand that you are a big part of St. Pete swimming in general. So what is your history with swimming? Well, I was born in 1930 in Hollywood, California, 
and uh, raised off and on in Santa Monica, California, where I started swimming and body surfing year-round at probably the age of 9 or 10. And then I swam a lot in Malibu, did a lot of body surfing there, and swam in high school. And then uh, I was a naughty boy in high school, so my mother sent me off to military school. That was the last time I swam. But I didn't swim until I was 37. And by this time, I had moved to Florida and became a circuit judge. And I tried running when running first came into being for older people, and that killed me. So my doctor said, try swimming. You're more apt to be a better swimmer than you are a runner. So I did. What age was that? 37. I gave up at 20 years of smoking. I was up to three packs a day. And so I got in the pool, one lap, and it killed me. (laughs) But I was able to work up to a mile. And I did that for about four years. And then I learned about master swimming through my swim coach. I contacted Ransom Arthur, who was the founder of Master Swimming, and uh, he came down to Florida and talked me into putting on a swim mate. And so I didn't have any idea how to run a swim mate, so the kids' team parents put the meat on for me. We sent out a flyer to 500 recreation departments, YMCAs in colleges east of the Mississippi, and 17 people showed up. (laughs) And we continued that meetup to the present day, which they, in my honor, named it after me, thank goodness. How many years has that meet been going on? It's been going on for 51 years. That is the Bob Beach Short Course Yard St. Pete That is correct. It's the longest continuous master's meet in the world. And Um, you've swum in how many of those meets? Every one of them. Every one of them. That is amazing. Well, it is amazing. But the amazing part is that I was involved. (laughs) (laughs) From a a three-pack-a-day smoking judge to a star master swimmer. That's correct. And and master swimming, I want this to be known, was a great impact on my life. And some of my best decisions came out of the pool because I had time to think about them without interruption. And any time I had any problems in my life, I straightened them out right there in the pool. And it's been a great impact on my life. And I I can't imagine my life being without swimming. Wow, that's very powerful. So were you continuing as a judge when you were swimming? Yes. And so you describe that as a very stressful job. Well, it it was, in in effect. Actually, I served 50 years as a judge, which is the longest serving judge in Florida. You like consistency and longevity, don't you? Well, I didn't realize it at the time, but it worked (laughs) out that way. (laughs) So what is the secret to doing something that you love so much for that long? Well, if it's good, don't stop. It's like, if it works, don't fix it. And it was very important in my life. It gave me a routine and it gave me a goal. It kept me in great health, survived to this point. And life has been good. I I can't imagine now, looking back on my life, what life would have been like without swimming. And not only that, not only from the physical standpoint and the competition, but the camaraderie of the fellow swimmers. That's been very important. 
And uh, we're in a beautiful pool, a North Shore pool, 50-meter pool, right on the Tampa Bay. In the morning, the sun comes up. It's just like you died gone to heaven, really is. It's so beautiful. And so uh, I can't stress enough how important swimming has been to me and and how my life has been geared around swimming and brought so much happiness to me and my family and my friends. You and I just walked from the pool deck around this building, and you were walking completely barefoot in your bathing suit like a teenager just strolling along with me. And that is so unusual for someone your (laughs) age. Yeah. And so besides swimming, what else have you done to be in such good shape? Well, uh, I love traveling. And I've traveled to about 140 countries. Oh, my goodness. Uh, And I travel by myself. In many of the countries, I rent a car and I sleep in the car. And I see the whole country. And so that's been a big project in my life. And, of course, in addition to the countries, some of my swim in, I compete in. So it's always been uh, part of my life, and I've enjoyed it very much. And I've got, I used to have a lot of friends. Many have passed on, but I had a lot of friends in California that I spent time with, and we had father-son, grandson weekends. And and so I, I've been very busy in my life, not just with swimming, but with other things. But without the swimming, I wouldn't have been able to do these other things. And so, Right. When was the last time you took a trip, Bob? I was in uh, Costa Rica a couple of months ago. By yourself? Well, I went down by myself, but I was with a friend down in Costa Rica. Did you surf? Yes, as a matter of fact, body surfed. I'm not a much of a surf. I used to surf in Malibu. I wasn't a very good surfer. I surfed with Buzzy Trent and Peter Cole, who became very famous, big surfers. But I wasn't very good at that, but I was very good at body surfing. I love body surfing. And uh, and you're smiling big right now. Well, so I wish I wish our, our listeners could see you, but we're doing audio only. So you got a nice big smile. Yeah, body surfing was a great experience for me. And I body surfed all over California, Malibu, the Cove, San Jose free. And in those days, there weren't very many body surfers. So it was good memories. What are your favorite couple of places you visited of these 140 countries? Uh, I had a great trip in Australia. I rented a rental wreck because they wouldn't rent the nice cars to you. And I went all the way around the perimeter of Australia and then up the center of it. And I spent five weeks, five or six weeks just traveling in Australia. It was very interesting. I really enjoyed it. And I, in most of the countries, uh, I really had great experiences. They were all different. People were always very nice to me. And so I, I really don't have any one favorite country. But I'll tell you, our country, our country is the best. I mean, other countries are beautiful, but we have everything in this country. We are very, very lucky. And our national park system is the best. We do. We have the mountains and the beach and the cold and the hot and the tropical. Yeah. So in your 50 years as a judge, that is so interesting. Do you have any couple of cases that stick out or any favorite stories from those days? Well, I, I did about... 50 to 60% of my work was criminal. 
And on criminal, I did a lot of capital punishment cases, death penalty cases. I hate to say this, but I enjoyed the death penalty cases because I had the best lawyers in in the community. And both sides had unlimited funds to try these cases. So they were always well-tried cases, which made it easier for me to serve on. And we have some really good lawyers in our area that uh, tried these cases. Only specialists would try the cases. And I have several cases that really stand out in my mind, but it was... Can you share any of those cases or one just... Well, one of them was Raymond Robert Clark. He was from California. He'd done time in California for a manslaughter case. He and a young boy were boyfriends and they had a suicide pact. And then the boy killed himself, but Raymond changed his mind. And then Raymond took up with another, he was sentenced to prison in California, got out, hooked up with another young kid, came to Florida, and the two of them abducted a businessman off a bank parking lot, made him write a check for 5000 and killed him. And then they got caught through some great police work, some terrific police work. And I tried Raymond's case. I tried the boy's case too, but he kept, he copped out, he pled out. And I tried Raymond's case. It was one of the second cases on TV in the country. And we had people from New York and Washington and every place else to uh, watch it. And he was convicted. Jury recommended death penalty, and, and I imposed the death penalty. And he was written up in Esquire magazine. And eventually I visited the prison where he was on death row. And he heard I was coming up and asked if he could talk to me. And I checked out with the attorneys for both sides. And they said, yeah, go ahead and talk to him. Well, you don't talk about the case. And so we met and talked for about an hour. And he was an interesting guy to talk to, too. And so that was probably one of the standout first-degree murder cases that I've tried. And I had some other ones, but they're too gory to talk yes, about. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, that one, wow. So what a sharp mind you have to remember all the details of all this. And, and so how did you transition from this very cerebral career of a judge where you, you know, you're using your mind so deeply every day, and then you at some point retired? How old were you when you retired from being a judge? And then what did you do with this Bob Beach mind. 88. I was 88. 88. Oh, yeah. so you haven't been retired that long. No. Okay, well, so 50 years. I, I went on the bench when I was 37. Oh, oh, okay. But you retired from being a judge at 88. Yeah. And you're only 91. I'm only 91. So that was just three years ago. Yeah. So what <laughs> What do you do to keep your mental so, so sharp? Do you well, read or is it just the travel or what? what is it? I haven't been able to travel too much because of the virus. So yep. that's kind of killed that part of my life. But uh, there's a lot. I have, I have children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. How many? I got six great-grandchildren. Six Four great. grandchildren, six great-grandchildren. And I lived in downtown St. Pete. I still visit with judges. And uh, so time flies, really. Yes. I'll wake up one day and I'm like, oh, what happened to yesterday? <laughs> what happened to the last six months? It just happens to do that. And so I'm staying busy. I'm not bored. I live by myself. How about that? Have you been married or? I was married twice, once 20 years. And that lady I had four children with. 
And then we ended that marriage, and then I married again, a younger, much younger lady, and that lasted 11 years. And then so I've been single for about 30 years. 30? 30, yeah. Are you open to love? Are you dating anybody? I'm open to anything but love. No love? (laughs) No love. I have several rules. Tell me about your rules. Well, if I start to date a girl... And it seems like we might get together and and it work out. I say, but we've got rules. And she says, what's the rules? And I say, well, we don't talk about love. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about marriage. Okay. We don't do keys. That is, you don't uh, get a key to my place. <laughs> okay. I don't get a key to your place. <laughs> and we don't do live-ins. And the main reason for this relationship is to have fun and no drama no drama a lot of them say oh that's wonderful for about three months (laughs) (laughs) well that is great so obviously you've got some routines rituals what what would you say some of the routines and rituals that you've had through your life besides swimming and that's obviously one that have helped you be so successful the first thing I do in the morning when I get up is make my bed Very nice. And I've been doing that since I was in military school. That has to start my day. So when I wander around the house, my bed is nice and neat. And uh, I don't have to say, oh, I've got to make my bed. Or, oh, I think I'll do that tomorrow. Once I make my bed, then my routine starts. And part of my routine is working out. Now, it used to be when I was working, I was in the pool at 530 in the morning. But now I don't have to do that. But I still get in the pool in the afternoon. But making the bed and swimming is part of my life routine. And once you get on a routine like that, you get things done. And the big problem is when you retire, you could say, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes. Mm -hmm. So uh, Do it now. Do it it now. Take action. Get your routine. Do it now. And there's so much in my life that is going on that I never get everything done, but I try, and I try to keep a neat house. I got, I love to collect stuff because so when I was growing up, my mother and I never had a house to live in. We lived in rooming houses and trailers, and it was during the Depression. And, mm-hmm. and so when I bought my first home, I just loved to put stuff in there. And I, so I collect a lot of Indian, American Indians, old Navajo rugs, a lot of Kachina dolls from the Hopis. And lots of swim medals. <laughs> what do you do with your swim medals? 51 years of the Bob Beach. Well, uh, what I do is uh, I give them to my friends. And I'll give them if what I've been doing. I've been collecting a lot of things uh, on my trips. So I'm starting to give them away. And I'll give them away to waitresses that wait on me or people in the supermarkets that do a nice job for me. I give them that. I give them medals. I can't take them with me. Right, right. That's beautiful. My kids aren't interested. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and then Graham Johnson gave all his medals to Special Olympics. So that's what I'm going to do if I get any leftover. Plus, at my service, it's going to be in a courtroom, my favorite courtroom. They'll give out medals to everybody who shows up. Oh, you've you've already planned your your celebration of your life when you're gone. It's going to be in a courtroom. We're in a courtroom. How great. Yeah. Yeah. That is beautiful. (laughs) So with the longest running master's meet in history, do you have any fun stories like any Bob Beach, 
meets that were blown away by a hurricane or the pool was drained out or any fun well, stories that happened with, uh, with one, one of those. story okay. that I enjoyed. After we got going early in master's uh, history, we had a master's meet, the regular master's meet that later became Bob Beach meet. And we had a German team show up from Germany, about 25 or 30 swim team members. And they sat in the back of our pool right on the beach part. And the women, many of the women on the German team went topless, (laughs) (laughs) which was normal in, in Europe for them to do that in a beach area sort of thing. And, of course, that blew the mind out of the people running our pool meet. <laughs> Did they make you go over and talk to Well, they to didn't them? know what to do. <laughs> you were the judge. What was, what was the verdict? I didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a good one. That is a great story. So you've obviously been around a lot of champions and are a champion yourself. Have you noticed any commonalities that you've seen with champions in your life? Well, you know, some of the champions that I was really impressed with, it was Bumpy Jones, where we're here at his meet today. Mm -hmm. Bumpy was one of the first champions that I had met when I first became associated with uh, Master Swimming. And Bumpy had gotten back into swimming and this was when he was probably about 38, 39. I was about 40, 41. I was the first vice chairman of Master Swimming. I attended a meeting of AAU in Indianapolis on behalf of Master Swimming to encourage them to take us in as a, a group. And there was a lot of opposition in AAU to Master Swimming because they didn't feel we were serious swimmers. They thought we were just a bunch of old cronies or former swimmers that swam 50 yards on Sunday and then got out and smoked and drank. And so uh, I went to the AAU meeting. It was well attended. And I spoke on behalf of Master Swimming. And I pointed out that these weren't just amateur swimmers. These weren't just guys that were in there to show off uh, how they used to be. Uh, And I mentioned Bumpy Jones, and I mentioned we had a 1650 swim, uh, in which he, at 39, swam it in 18 minutes and 30 seconds, and their eyes were wide open. And I said, this is the kind of swimmers we are. They're serious swimmers. So Bumpy was important to me, and Graham Johnson, also an Olympic champ, and he uh, had a lot of world records along with Bumpy. And those two, I think, were probably the two most important people to me in swimmers. I spent one year swimming 75 yards every morning and afternoon with the uh, intent to beat just Bumpy. (laughs) And my times went down, but I never beat Bumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great story. I did want to ask you what you think the secret is to overcoming big obstacles in people's lives and what your biggest obstacle that you've overcome in your life? Well, I think you have to tell yourself this will be over sometime and you have to not lose your confidence for the future and you have to work for the future and you just have to say, this is bad, but I'm going to live through it. And I've had a couple of those happen in my life. Anything you can share that you recall? Any close calls on illness or accidents or injuries or... 
Well, as a kid, I was not the best kid in the world. <laughs> and I was in trouble and drank too much. And I worked in Vegas for a while. And I was a bartender for uh, eight years. I worked in a strip joint for four years. I worked in a gay joint for a year. I worked in places on the beach. I worked in New York. But I always said to myself, there's a better life out there. Bartender was good. And it was very helpful to me in my being a judge because I knew problems that people had. But I always had a goal in life to do something better, not necessarily judge. That all came by accident. But I went to law school by mistake, by accident. But you mind talking me into going there? I had no idea of going. Who talked you into it? One of my best friends. I broke him in as a bartender. We were going to University of Tampa together. And then he went off to law school, and when I graduated, he said, what are you going to do? I said, I haven't got a clue. And so he said, why don't you come to law school? And I said, okay. <laughs> and so I went to law school. I was at the bottom of my class in, in University of Tampa, and I was at the bottom of my class at Stetson Law School, but I did pass the bar. <laughs> and then I went on to take the bar exam in California at 55, and I passed that. It's the hardest bar in the country. And so I always had a positive attitude about the future, even though parts of my life were not the best. <laughs> but you just have to confront the, the problem and say you're going to work your way through it. Don't let it get you down. So many people cave into problems and never get back on their feet. So is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to share with our listeners? Something, just a piece of wisdom well, you've covered a lot. But the thing that I do want to emphasize uh, is, uh, one, to stay with swimming as long as you can. And it's so important to you. And the other thing I want to stress is the camaraderie that I've had through swimming and the friends that I've met throughout the world going to national and world championships. They're just a different part of my life. And the other thing that was important to me is that swimming in my pool, I got to know a lot of the young kids, high school kids. And I was always impressed with these kids. Their time was consumed with swimming. They were always good students. And in my career as a judge, I never had an ex-swimmer come before me in the criminal side. And swimming for these young kids was very important. And most of them in our team ended up with swim scholarships or academic scholarship. And so swimming was, I could watch and see how important swimming was to other people. And I don't believe there's other sport like swimming that gets to be that important in people's lives. So that's what I want to stress. That's beautiful. Well, this has just been so inspiring and wonderful. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at the St. Pete Long Course Meet in just a few weeks, right? Well, I'll be in California. Oh, you're traveling again. Yeah, okay. well, a friend of mine from kindergarten passed away last year, and we're having a memorial service for him in Santa Barbara on July the 4th, which is his birthday. That's one of the great things in my life is that I had so many good friends in California that stayed friends of mine, even though I spent most of my life in Florida. And we were all in contact with each other, and we were a great bunch of people. And now I'm probably the last of the bunch, and but I never forgot them. Well, how about at the 52nd Annual Bob Beach 
short course meet, then we'll see you there. Okay. That's I hope some, so. Yes. And thank you very much. Yes. You thank had, you so much. Your questions were great. Gave well, me an opportunity to. Yes. I can't wait for people to get to know you better. Very, very <laughs> interesting and wonderful. Well, I hope so. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Mike. Stay tuned for the takeaways. Want to succeed like a champion? Five-time Olympic coach Bob Bowman, coach of Olympic legend Michael Phelps, says Kelly's book, Take Your Mark Lead, is a powerful addition to your personal improvement library, and learners from all walks of life will gain key insights and enjoy this inspiring book. Take Your Mark Lead, debuted as an Amazon number one bestseller in five categories and is available online. And now, the takeaways. Oh, Maria. So I told you when I walked out of that interview with Bob, I said the first thing that went through my mind was, oh, I wish Maria had been there with me. I wish I I had to this guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, you double my joys and have my sorrows. You would have just doubled the joy in that because the other second thing that went through my mind was, oh my gosh, I love doing this. I love talking with these amazing people. And there's just like, and and I wish this, we had this on video for people to see, because this is one of the strange ones where I listen to most podcasts, just audio only, but sometimes you just want to see Bob is so adorable looking. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's very fit. He walks around barefooted. Yeah. He's got a good suntan, <laughs> got a great smile. He's just like, he's just so relaxed. He, he is, and he giggles and he's just like, and so vital and you can hear the energy in his voice. So he doesn't sound like an old man. No, not 91. And man, he's just, he's still just, you know, the funny thing too, before we get to the takeaways, someone had told me, well, as I say in the interview, a lot of people, you know, I was on deck at a swim meet, which is why you were, you know, you were riding your bike across Georgia and I was at a swim meet and bunch of people. Normally I wouldn't have done that, but we're like, you need to just get Bob right now. Just grab him and go take him in the, you know, a quiet space and interview him. And so then someone else told me after I interviewed him, they said, did you interview him? And I said, yes. He said, did, did he tell you about his red Porsche convertible? And I said, <laughs> no, he did and not so mention- as Mark and I pulled out of the swim meet, we were behind Bob beach driving his red Porsche convertible. <laughs> and we pulled up next to him at a stoplight and I took a picture of him and waved at him. And it was just like, he was, you know, a 16 year old boy waving at us. It was just adorable. So what was your first takeaway? It was something he said early in the interview. It just really hit me. He said, and then this is a judge, right? So he has to think through hard, important things that are going to really impact people's lives, as you said in the interview. But what he said was he makes his best decisions in the pool. And that resonated with me because even though I don't swim as much as you do, when I swim, I find that that experience of being in the water, breathing deeply, sort of being separated from the environment, you know, really does help me think through things. It's very meditative. Of course, it's it de-stresses you, you know, but the turning your head and breathing deeply for the strokes, you know, it re- I think it probably helps you think better than any other sport. So I thought that that was a great thing. You know, here's a judge, you know, he's, as you know, he said in the interview, he's deciding people's life or death and he makes his best decisions in the pool. So if he can decide things while he's swimming, then I think this is a great kick in the pants for all of us to swim, to think, to, to clarify things as we swim. Yes. And 
you know, even on a run or on a good yeah. rowing outing yeah. or on it's a good bike ride. Yeah, but I do. I think swimming, there is something with sensory deprivation. Yes. You know, your eyes are closed, you're floating. It's almost like a float tank, you know, on my Facebook page banner over my own personal Facebook page, I have the quote from Albert Einstein that says, when I can't solve a problem, I think and think and think, and I can't get it. And then I swim and it comes to me. Wow. That's so an Albert, Albert Einstein, Einstein quote. Said it so, too. Wow. so yeah, so, th- so it must be among those, those deep thinkers. So my first one, which is kind of a theme of what I believe we all need to embrace is when we find something that we're passionate about, when we find something that we love, when we find something that makes us feel good, why do we ever have to stop? Why do we ever have to stop doing it? Because, you know, people, you know, we, we did the adult athlete show where, you know, kind of our theme was that don't say I'm going to retire. Like if you really love something, just keep doing it. And so his statement that, you know, stay with swimming. His his words were stay with swimming as long as you can. Yeah. And incidentally, we will be interviewing a 100 year old swimmer today. Yeah. So yeah. It's That's not going to come fun. out on the same day as the show, obviously. But, you know, she's she's of the same mindset. I'm sure you just keep doing things you love. And the beauty of swimming is there's just no reason to stop. You know, it doesn't hurt your joints. It's it. Yeah. So my second takeaway is almost the same. It's the words he gave is like, if it's good, don't stop. So, you know, he said that swimming had given him routine goals and excellent health. And, you know, I just, and camaraderie, he mentioned that as all, all master swimmers do that the camaraderie in master swimming is excellent. So if it's good, don't stop. Like, you know, and I think this, this actually applies for me, you know, to cycling and hiking and running or kayaking, all the sports that I like to do is like, I'm having a good time. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to go as long as I yeah, can. So I love that. I love that. And and I think that's can be a little different than, you know, keep swimming as long as you can because sometimes swimming might not be comfortable. It might not yes. be good. It might not feel good. Yeah. You know, I know there's some days when it doesn't feel as good right. as other days. You know, but my interpretation of, you know, if it's good don't stop is a little bit like that, but also that just if your relationships are good or your finances are good or, you know, or your diet is good, you know, just kind of learn from those things. So I, I, think, I can see yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. So I want to say this is helicopter up, you know, because yeah. today my relationship might not feel good, but in general, my relationship is good and yes. I don't want to stop it. And yeah. You know, today it might be hard to say no to the sugary treat or whatever, but in general, I know if I don't eat sugar, I feel good. So that's an excellent clarification, Kelly. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So my Your last second. one, uh, my second and closing us out is his, when I asked him how one should deal with obstacles, he really had this great, you know, I'm sure he's seen a lot of people dealing with a lot of obstacles. He just said, just, you know, keep going, push yeah. through. Yeah. Some people just, just stop. And yeah. the other thing he said that I loved was that you know, it's not going to last forever. Yeah. And I think when we're in the middle of hard times, we think it's going to go on forever. Yes. And so it can be easier to sit down, but yeah. you know, we, we love our Parker saying of, you know, those who sat to rest with victory in sight, you know, the field sure. is strewn with the bleach <laughs> bones. So, so just, just keep yeah. going. And, you know, Winston Churchill, when you're going through hell, keep going. Yes. I think that's so, that, that is so true and so important. And I think you and I do that, but you know, his exact quote was, and I'm sure he's seen this in his 
in his career as a criminal judge, so many people cave into problems and never get back on their feet. Don't be one of those people. Don't cave into yes. your problems. Just keep on going. It's going to get better. Yeah, it's going to get better. All right, Maria. All right. Wow, another another great one. Wish you could have been there, but thanks for you know just making this even more exciting for all of our listeners with your takeaways and glad you're back. Love you. <laughs> Love you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Champions Mojo podcast. Did you enjoy the show? We'd be grateful if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. And we'd also love to hear from you. We're on all social media platforms, or you can reach us at championsmojo.com.